All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back inside the Mid-American Bandwagon podcast, episode 102, coming to you live this evening. We're getting towards the end of June, early July. Football season is right around the corner here, Vansy, but we actually got a couple basketball stories to talk about here tonight. A lot to get to, some breaking news here just over the last 24 hours. We're recording here uh, Wednesday evening, had some big recruiting news that broke earlier this afternoon, so uh, we'll get to that all here in a minute. Fancy, I know you're ready to go here tonight. Uh, it's been a big day for you. How are you, man? I'm doing good. And, uh, you know, I just I want everyone to listen. I got a little sound effect here for you, you know. <laughs> and uh, that is the sound of an ice cold, uh, truly, uh, you know, uh, hard seltzer being popped here. Celebratory. It's a big day, you know, for uh, for Eastern Michigan, you know, Ypsilanti, you know, everyone. Yeah. So I, I had to indulge a little bit. Uh, can't quite make it up because I'm a working man now. Can't quite make it up to like Worst Bar and Tower Inn and some of those staples up there to celebrate. But, uh, you know, hopefully when uh, the MAC title comes to Eastern, uh, there'll be plenty of time to celebrate then. There you go. There you go. And so, Vansy, let's just catch everybody up so everybody knows what it is you are celebrating. And in case you haven't heard here, folks. Um, so we're recording Wednesday evening. So Wednesday afternoon, just a couple hours ago, uh, the former number one basketball recruit in the country in the class of 2022, Imani Bates, uh, reclassified last summer. He reclassified to the class of 2021 committed to Memphis, just played his freshman year at Memphis. At the end of the season, he opted to enter the transfer portal, uh, had only played 18 games for Memphis, uh, this past season, missed some time due to some injuries, Average 9.7 points, 3.3 rebounds per game. But again, the former number one recruit in the country and an Ypsilanti native. Uh, back last month, he, he listed a, a uh, you know, came out with his list of his top six schools. Eastern Michigan was one of them. But Vansy, I mean, they were listed alongside Michigan, Arkansas, Louisville, Seton Hall. I mean, these were huge programs that they were competing against. Illinois came into the picture later, uh, later in the race. But ultimately, Imani opted to go with his hometown team, commits to Stan Heath and the Eastern Michigan Eagles. He's coming home to Ypsilanti, Vansy. I, I know it's got to be a great day for you as an Eastern Michigan fan. I saw Eastern Michigan Twitter seems to be very, very excited. Oh, yeah, everyone's very excited. And uh, what, what's interesting about it is um... – you know, a couple of months ago, before he even came out with the list, Imani Bates went live on Instagram, and I just kind of clicked on it, and one of the EMU assistant coaches was actually commenting on the live link saying, hey, come to come to EMU, you know, and so I feel like I kind of screen grabbed that and put that out there, and I think really that might have been one of the, the you know, the first times where people saw, hey, this might actually be a possibility. Um, but I, I, I treated it out earlier. I know that, uh, you know, a lot of people may not realize, but Imani Bates has always had this great love for Ypsilanti. Uh, it's a time where, especially in the state of Michigan, for those who aren't aware, the good players are moving out of the state and they're going to places like Oak Hill Academy, IMG Academy, you know, these basketball factories. Well, Imani Bates stayed and he, you know, played at Ypsilanti Lincoln, which is a public school inside the city of Ypsilanti. Um, and then when he did kind of achieve all that he can achieve there for his last year of high school ball, his dad started uh, Bates Fundamentals, and there's some stories there, started Bates Fundamentals and kind of, you know, started his own prep academy 
uh, you know, so his son could play prep basketball, actually played against Chet Holmgren in the Ann Arbor area. It was COVID. People couldn't go to it. What a shame. But they started that process and kept it in Ypsilanti. So instead of going out of town, out of state, he stayed in Ypsilanti. A lot of love for Ypsilanti. Um, you know, and, and even this week, he was posting workout videos from Ypsilanti area gyms. Um, he's always had this love for the city. And, it, you know, in his high school games, he used to have some high school games at then the convocation center. And, you know, the, the first couple of roles were all college coaches. You know, you'd see Tom Izzo and all these big names and, uh, you know, and it would almost pack that arena at that point. So to have the opportunity to now have him coming to EMU and on a nightly basis. And here's the other thing. He didn't need to do this. He could have went to the G League elite and been paid to play basketball. Yeah. You know, so he, he is, he is, you know, this is a, a somewhat of a sacrifice on his head. Um, you know, so very excited, um, you know, and then I've had some people say, oh, it's only going to be a year. Who cares? You know, like yeah. you and I, we don't know if we got tomorrow, let alone a whole another year, you know, so let's enjoy it while we got it. I mean, you know, in this day of the transfer portal, this is, this is how this is going to go. I mean, he's going to be here for a year. You hope it goes well. You hope it results in a Mac championship. And then, you know, he probably goes to the NBA, probably a high draft pick, um, you know, and, and that's the expectation. And you just hope that when you have him on campus for that year, that you're selling out the arena and that you're, you're winning a title. Um, this is a player, you know, for those who haven't seen his game, one, you look at his Memphis stats, those were stats as a 17-year-old. Yeah. You know, playing in, in the highest level of, of college basketball. So that's something to keep in mind. But he's kind of the guy who could be like a point forward. And you start looking at this Eastern team with Noah Farrakhan and some of those guys coming back. Uh, it could be an exciting bunch. Um, you know, really, and, and you know, they're, say what you want. Oh, he committed to Michigan State. He decommitted. He had problems at Memphis. You know, his dad's kind of controlling him. His dad may very well be, you know, your typical AAU basketball coach. You know, he may be a little overbearing, a little too much into it. But for one year, you don't care. You know, there's no downside to this for Eastern Michigan. Um, If there is any drama, you know, look, at least you're in the news. I mean, this is a team that didn't go anywhere in the postseason last year. Now this is the 29th of June. Eastern Michigan basketball is dominating the college basketball news cycle today, which is great. ESPN has tweeted it. Um, CBS Sports Bleacher Report, everyone's tweeted it. This is a young man who at the age of 15 was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You know, he's now an Eastern Michigan Eagle. You know, let's just enjoy it. Let's worry about the drama, which may come down the road, Um, you know, and and you know, if you get halfway through the season and he wants to project his draft stock or whatever, Hey, at least you got half a season. If there's drama with the dad or whatever, Hey, you know, there's no downside. You take that here at EMU. um, I just see nothing but upside. Yeah. I mean, it really is something unbelievable to think about. You just mentioned at 15 years old, he's on the cover of sports illustrated former number one recruit in the country. And he's coming to Eastern Michigan. And Vansy, I, you know, you're, you're to, to piggyback off of your point, what you were talking about with him 
of who cares if he only stays for one year. I think, Vanzi, a part of that is the residual effect you're going to have in recruiting from this happening, right, where high school kids are going to say, oh, wait, Imani Bates, the former number one player, he's going where? He's playing where? And they're going to know Eastern Michigan now because of that, right? And that's going to get Stan Heath into some living rooms, I'm sure, down the line. I I think that's definitely something that is going to be a positive effect of this uh, on the recruiting trail. And, I mean – the other thing, Vansy, let's let's talk about the effect on this team for this coming year for Eastern Michigan. I mean, I mean, you you mentioned, uh, you know, you got um, you got Noah Farrakhan coming back. Bryce McBride uh, had a good year last year. You got some great guards on this team. Not a ton of size coming back, though. And it seems like Imani Bates might be able to step you know, step into that lineup, fit in very well with some of the the, the good guards that the Eagles have returning this year. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. I think he fits in very nicely. Um, you know, he is somewhat of a positional-less player. He can, you can move him around. He has the length. He has the ability to drive. Um, you know, uh, we'll see where his game's at. Does he want to be a team player or is this kind of, hey, I'm going to get my stats um, or whatever. You know, Eastern Michigan, uh, the last year of Elijah Minney, uh, James Thompson and Paul Jackson had that where it became very much everyone wanted to get their own and get their own stats and the team suffered. So I'm not saying that'll be the case, but something to keep an eye on. But for Eastern Michigan, there's, you know, now every gym that you go into every arena, you're going to have that target on your back. Um, there's not going to be any sleepy, you know, Saturdays in Toledo, Ohio anymore or anything like that. Everywhere you go, that target's going to be on your back. But to have in, I think it's undoubted at this point, pretty much, uh, Monty Bates is the best player in this conference. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, on a pedigree alone. So in in the sport of basketball, if you have the best player on the court, I like your chances. And I mean, I would probably put Amani Bates and Noah Farrakhan in my top five Mac players. I would probably put, you know, with, with some of the departures and things of that, at least top 10. And there was a time in a recruiting cycle, if you would have said Amani Bates and Noah Farrakhan are going to be on the same team, people would have asked you, what NBA team? Yeah. You know, like the way their recruiting has gone and kind of turned, I think it's a, you know, a very interesting story and to have them link up here in Ypsilanti. I, there again, no downside, very exciting. I mean, I love football. Can't wait to see Chris Creighton's bunch, but this gives us something to look forward to come basketball season. Um, And you know what? I tell you what, EMU, you know, you're always on ESPN three ESPN plus. Well, you're going to get some ESPN games now. You're going to get some national games and not just a Big Ten network games. You're going to, you know, you'll find yourselves watching EMU basketball at some point this season on, you know, one of the main ESPNs, I would bet you. Yeah, certainly a pl- getting a player like uh, like Imani Bates will, will certainly do that, will certainly elevate the program. And, you know, it's also it's one of those things, Vansy, where Stan Heath comes in, he's going into his second season. And anytime you're early in your tenure like he is, anytime you can get a recruit like this, that's really kind of like a lightning rod that really kind of like energizes the fan base. Right. I think the fan base was probably already behind Stan Heath after uh, some of the, you know, the, the positive signs we saw last year. And also the fact, you know, that he was coming home as an alum, but I think anybody that still had questions about Stan Heath up to this point, I think those have been erased now with this signing. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, a great story there. Stan Heath came home and then Amani Bates electing to come back home to Ypsilanti and keep it, you know, within Ypsilanti. So two homecomings right there. The other thing to note, um, and a lot of people I know think I'm a Rob Murphy apologist, but Rob Murphy's footprints are on this, fingerprints are on this, uh, because he had a great relationship with the dad. Um, Imani was around a lot when Rob Murphy was at EMU. He was around an awful lot. Um, there was some, you know, obviously some connection. Rob worked with him in the summers a little bit, um, you know, and, and really kind of pushed for that deal to get Ipsy Lincoln in the convocation center and, and all of that. So this has been a long time coming. Those relationships um, were built even before Stan Heath and then Stan Heath in the staff doing a great job of kind of building on that. And don't forget that Stan Heath won a G league title. So, you know, these people who are saying, Oh, well, he's just going to come to Ypsilanti and he's going to play hero ball or whatever. It's not going to be good for his development. Stan Heath knows how to develop basketball players. And it wouldn't surprise me. Um, if people are surprised by the development in Imani Bates's game. And I, I'll say this, I do feel as much as I love the fact that Imani Bates stayed at Ipsy Lincoln, I do think it hurt his development. I saw him play in high school a couple of times and, you know, when you're his height and you're playing a guy that's, you know, six, two in, and has our vertical jump, which is almost a negative, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to develop. So I think he kind of fell in love with parts of his game that came easy and didn't really have to stress the others. And I was interested to see what would happen at Memphis and in injuries and then just some of the other stuff there uh, that went on. I don't think he had that chance to develop. So hopefully he's coming in and there's an eye on developmenting, you know, developmental traits and kind of taking him from, you know, this raw piece of clay and molding him to the next level. But even if it is just, Hey, he's going to come in and he's going to throw down windmill dunks every chance he's got you know, and he's going to shoot up threes, then you know what? I mean, you still bring it on. This is a chance you take every day of the week. um, And, you know, you just, you definitely love it on June 29th. You know, I mean, I mean, EMU basketball is trending. Come on. That never happens. You're exactly right. No, you're exactly right. For sure. If you're, uh, you know, if you're school in the Mac, it's not every day that you have the chance to sign the former number one recruit in the country. You got to take that when it comes your way. So we will certainly see. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I got one more point. And now there is some precedent here. You know, you look at, uh, um, you know, Pat Baldwin, uh, he went to, uh, you know, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, yeah. uh, had some injuries, some uneven performances, actually kind of got his dad fired. And then he becomes the, uh, the, the son becomes the 28th overall pick in the NBA draft. Wisconsin, Milwaukee didn't win anything. Um, and then um, Mac fans will remember Trey Ziegler at Central Michigan, son of Ernie. He was a consensus top 30 recruit um, out of Mount Pleasant High School and then spent a couple of years playing for his dad. He had great stats, 15, 16 points a game but they never finished better than third in the Mac West uh, during his tenure. His dad was also fired. Now this is a little bit different. Imani Bates, a different level uh, recruit. He's a transfer and uh, you know, he's, he's not playing for his dad, but just because you get this high quality transfer, it hasn't said it hasn't translated into instant success. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can buck that trend. And also 
just last week, you know, we we're talking a little bit about the NBA draft and Ryan Rollins and, hey, get used to it. This might be the last time you see a Mac player get drafted with the transfer portal and all that. Well, you know what? I now like the Mac's chances to have a player drafted next year. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point about the portal and, and then, you know, bringing players in uh, from, you know, from power five teams, getting, you know, potentially some more players drafted. That is a great point you make there. So, you know, we're, we're still about uh, what, four months or so from, from the start of basketball season, but this certainly gives us something to, to talk about, something to get excited about. And, uh, you know, Vansy, I would think, I mean, I, I'd have to do some more research on this before I, you know, said this a little bit more with a little bit more authority, but I feel like right now, off the top of my head. I mean, you got to put Eastern Michigan next year in that top group of programs in the Mac. I mean, top four, maybe top five, I'd say. What do you think? Oh, I, I thought even coming into today, I thought it was a marvelous offseason. Some of the players that they brought in, yeah, uh, you know, not really huge names until now, but also they didn't lose anybody. There was a lot of rumors. You know, I had been told by people that, that you know, certain big names in the program were going to kind of you know, look to transfer out or look to play overseas. And that never happened. So retain those players, add some more pieces. And now you add a big fish. I mean, I, if you're grading Mac basketball off seasons, and I really don't know why you would, unless you have no life kind of like us at this point, <laughs> I got to say, I think Eastern Michigan had a tremendous off season. They had some guys who showed some things last year and then to not lose any pieces to bring back. I mean, other than graduation, but to bring back Noah Farrakhan, you know, yeah. year two of the Stan Heath era, I, I think it's, uh, you know, can't ask for much more. Certainly seems like it now. Everybody's excited about football season, as are we. And, you know, we're, we, got, we got a lot of football to get to before we turn our attention fully to basketball. But certainly something to look forward to here if you're an Eastern Michigan fan or if you're a Mac fan in general. If you're a fan of the conference, you got to love it when a player of this caliber comes in. Uh, you get a chance to watch them every night. So um, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll obviously we'll talk more about uh, basketball as the season approaches. But one other uh, basketball-related story or two other basketball-related stories we wanted to get to here tonight – uh, Vansy, we talked last week a lot about Ryan Rollins and where he was going to go in the draft. And, you know, there was a lot of different projections and a lot of different mock drafts, had him in a lot of different landing places, but he ultimately ended up, uh, Vansy getting drafted in somewhere I think is a great fit for him. 44th overall, right in the middle of the second round gets taken by the defending champions, the golden state warriors. He becomes the first uh, Toledo Rocket to be drafted in the NBA since Casey Shaw way back in 1998. So basically 25 years since a, a Toledo player has been drafted. Banzi, uh, I mean, you can't can't find a much better landing place for some, a young player uh, than Golden State. I mean, four titles here in the last, what, eight years, nine years. Uh, they've got a track record of developing young players. Seems like a really good place for Rollins to go. Yeah, the thing is, he's probably not going to see the court much year one um, yeah. outside of the G League, and that, that's kind of the tough part. But uh, he's also not the typical player that you see Golden State go after uh, because he's not that outside shooter. But if you're going to an organization uh, that is going to teach you to be a, to to teach you a jump shot or to teach you some outside shooting, I think Golden State's the place you'd want to go. And they're such a great scouting and development team. If they're sitting there in a the second round of the draft, and I believe they moved up to get them, if they're sitting there and they're seeing things and they're saying, hey, you know what, there's some traits we like here with this player, then you definitely like your chances uh, of developing in that system. You know, again, he's not a Jordan Poole type player, the, the raw ability to shoot, but he's got a lot going for him, the ability to drive. 
Um, defense can use some work, but I think he's a player that it's going to take a year or two, but he might be their next rotation find where you see them in a couple of years again competing and he's coming off the bench or in some type of role. Uh, also, what a great day. I mean, a great, great opportunity for the Mac to have a player drafted. Great for Toledo basketball. You know, they haven't had, uh, you know, I mean, they've won some regular season titles. They haven't had that March run. And uh, it was tremendous to watch Ryan Rollins play in the Mac and then just have the season that he had. Um, you know, so, so great to see that. Would have been nice to see him in the first round, but uh you know, now back-to-back years where the Mac has had a player drafted, and uh, it's it's tremendous, and it was great to see, great to see the Mac involved on a, another NBA draft day, and great for Ryan Rollins and, uh, you know, the opportunities, you know. Um, he's he's going to get a great opportunity to, to play uh, basketball and to uh, develop his game. It's so true. I, you, I love the fact that we're getting Mac guys two years in a row that have gotten their names called on the NBA draft stage as Vanzi uh, kills his first truly his first seltzer of the night finishes that one. On. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, Vansy, I think that's a great point you make. I mean, the more that Mac can be on a national stage like that and get guys drafted, even if it's in the second round, that does so much for the conference. I think, honestly, I think this is really is a great landing spot for uh, for Ryan Rollins because I do agree with you. I don't see him getting many NBA minutes this year. But the other thing you mentioned, and the reason why I think this is such a good landing spot for him, is that this is a team uh, that is has a pedigree for developing young players. And I know he's a, fits a different mold than some of those young guys, like you mentioned. You know, he's not he's not the exact same you know player as Jordan Poole is or some of these other young guys. But I mean, you got the 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 G League team right down the bay in Santa Cruz, where they've put a lot of young players down there and seen them bounce up to the big uh, you know to the to the parent club. So I think it's a, a good opportunity for him and. We'll see, uh, you know, what he's able to do with it. Banzi, I also wanted to ask you, um, not necessarily on the subject of the Mac, but I know you follow the draft pretty closely. Being in the Detroit area, I know you're a Pistons fan. What do you think of the Pistons draft? Get Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran in the first round. Oh, I loved uh, Ivey. I thought watching him during the season, I actually, I think it was, you know, February or something, I tweeted out, I said, man, he's John Morant, you know, and – uh, there, there was some stat that I saw at some point and like, you know, the Kings, like usually if you're drafting directly after the Kings, you know, you're, you're liking your chances to get a very good player. And I think the Kings did it again. I'm going with Murray over Ivy. I uh, really like him. Tremendous athleticism. And I think he just fits in perfectly for, with Cade Cunningham. Um, and also looking kind of tying it back to the Mac. That's one of my comparisons for Imani Bates, I think, is Cade Cunningham with the ability to pass and rebound and to be kind of a point forward. But, yeah, I think Detroit basketball, um, I think it's coming back. I mean, it's. I think you got another year. I think it's going to be one more year. Um, They don't really want to spend right now, but I think you're going to have another year, probably get in the lotto, add another piece, and then uh, the year after, hopefully start seeing it go for it. One thing I don't necessarily know about is Duran the center, um, he's a center, you know, yeah. and not really a, a, a stretched center. So kind of an odd thing. Cause you don't see too many of those, but definitely looks apart. Tremendous, tremendous athleticism, um, and very young as well. Uh, similar to Imani Bates. Yeah. He has that old school, big man kind of feel right. Kind of that under the stays under the basket, as you mentioned, not really a guy that's going to step out and hit threes or anything like that, but still, uh, I felt like it was a pretty, pretty good draft for the, for the Pistons for sure. But 
Again, we'll obviously monitor Ryan Rollins. We hope to see him and Jason Preston both on the court this coming year. As, as you mentioned, Vansy Preston drafted by the Clippers last year, got hurt in training camp, never got to see the floor. So he has yet to start his professional career. So hopefully we'll see both of them on the court this year, at least in the G League, if not uh, in, in, up in the big league. One other uh, NBA draft-related story here, Vanzi. We had one other MAC player that signed uh, a summer league contract. Iquan Plowden of uh, Bowling Green uh, signed with the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans to be a member of their summer league roster. Uh, summer league in Las Vegas kicks off in a couple weeks uh, here uh, later in July. But uh, Vanzi, I mean, this was another guy who uh, you know I feel like. He was a guy that got overshadowed a little bit for most of his career by Justin Turner at Bowling Green. But I mean, this is a guy, I mean, 15, almost 16 points a game last year, seven rebounds a game, uh, shoots 36% from three point land. I mean, this is a guy that that's a versatile player that, uh, you know, we'll see what he can do in the G league or excuse me, in the summer league. But this is a guy who can do a lot of different things. I wouldn't be surprised to see him stick at least on a G league team. Yeah, no, it it wouldn't surprise me. Um, And I'm still optimistic that at this point, you know, sometimes as summer league rosters come out, uh, you don't really hear the full rosters until closer. So I'm hoping that more players will be signed. Um, But yeah, kind of a kind of an oddity there with Plowden, uh, one kind of overlooked by Turner. But also, too, I think Bowling Green this year, somewhat of a disappointment in the max. So I think he was kind of overlooked. Um, you know, multi-year player, did a lot of things right. Um, not the most flashy guy, but very consistent for Bowling Green. Um, you know, and it, it, it's going to be tough to go into the summer league. What's going to be interesting to watch is does he get minutes? Because if you're a back-of-the-bench summer league guy, you're probably not going to a training camp. Um, but if you can get some minutes, get some run, and really, I mean, it sounds cliche to say, but he is playing not only for the Pelicans, but he's playing for every other NBA team right now. So if he can go into summer league, put up some stats, uh, you know, play his game, I think he's got that opportunity. Bowling Green has been fairly successful over the years, um, you know, historically of putting players in the league. Um, you know, Turner didn't quite make it. He was a G League guy. Um, but, you know, it'd be, uh, it'd be nice to see Plowder kind of develop and get that opportunity to, to continue to play stateside. Um, and if not, I think he's a guy that uh, could go overseas and uh, make a fine living playing basketball over there. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, you know, you mentioned Bowling Green and their success putting guys in the league. I mean, look at Rashawn Holmes drafted in the second round back in 2015 by the 76ers, played a few years with them, a few years with the Suns, uh, now with the uh, the Sacramento Kings. And actually, uh, what last summer signed like a $55 million contract extension. You know, he's averaged uh, double digit points per game in the last three years for Sacramento. So there certainly is a precedent for, uh, for Bowling Green guys getting drafted into, uh, into the big leagues. And he was a second rounder, much like Preston and Ryan Rollins. Yep. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So We'll see. Uh, best of luck to Daquan. Uh, like I said, I believe the, the NBA Summer League, the Vegas Summer League starts here in a couple of weeks, uh, middle, middle of July, third week of July, somewhere in that ballpark. So uh, Plowden will be back in action within just a couple of weeks here uh, due to, uh, you know, leading up to this into the Summer League. And we'll see how he does, if he can earn himself a roster spot or at least a training camp, in, camp invite for the Pelicans. And uh, to close out the show here tonight, folks, um, some kind of bittersweet news, some sad news 
Uh, but this is uh, this is going to be my last last show uh, for now, at least for the time being. I got to step away a little bit, but it's been over a hundred episodes here, Danzy. The last probably what I don't know, thirty or so, thirty or forty with you. It's been a heck of a run here, man. And uh, I'm gonna I'll be back. I'll be back for sure, at least in a guest guest spot or something. But it's uh it's it's been a good run. Been man, if I could, if I could talk, it's been a good run here, buddy. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, just, you know, a little bit that I, that I've come on. Um, but before that I was on once or twice with you and Steve and, uh, and Sam and, and just, uh, you know, always a great time. And I, you know, I, I don't know if people really realize, but, uh, you know, 97% of the tweets from the Mac bandwagon Twitter are from you, um, you know, and then every week when we do this podcast, you know, it's kind of, I mean, we have tremendous communication, but it'll be, you know, like, Hey, I'll get the rundown and I'll, I'll send it over to you to go over. So it makes it right, way easy on me. I mean, you've definitely, you know, I, if you said, Hey, I got to take a few weeks cause my back's sore. I definitely believe it. Cause you've been carrying this and, and done, a, <laughs> done a tremendous job. Uh, I mean, you know, you're all serious that I'm over here drinking Trulies and all that. So, um, but no, uh, you know, it's been tremendous, a lot of fun, a lot of passion, uh, a lot of, you know, like great interaction. Um, it's easy to say that, you know, something wouldn't be the same without someone, but you've been part of this from the beginning, even before I was part of it. And I think you could easily say that it would not have grown or been as successful without you um, being part of it. Um, although, uh, you know, you could have picked a better alma mater than Penn state. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say that I appreciate all that, man. And then you had to go and ruin it there at the end, <laughs> but no, seriously, man, no, it's been great. You've been, you've been great. Uh, shout out to Steve, shout out to Sam, all those guys. This has been fun these last two years. It's been actually just about exactly two years. Our, our first episode was la- was July of 2020. So it's been about two years on the dot. So um yeah it's been fun man and i uh, i appreciate you i appreciate steve i appreciate sam so everyone steve um steve will be back next week so vanzi and steve will be around here to give you all the preseason football coverage and get you into the regular season uh and and vanzi like i said i might be stepping away for a while for just from my regular appearances but i'd love to be back on here at some points in the season talk a little mac football i'm always looking to talk mac football hopefully next time we chat on here we'll be you know three, four games into the season, maybe Eastern Michigan will be come off, come, coming off a couple upsets in the non-conference. That, that would be great. And, uh, you know, I mean, if at this rate, keep celebrating Imani Bates and, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, maybe buy some stock and some Trulies, you know, that, that might, <laughs> there you go. That might be, uh, that might be my advice right now, but. There's going to be an increase in, in uh, Trulies consumption in Southeastern Michigan here over the next, over the next couple of days. I think and they don't sponsor us. This is all just, you know, that's, that's just what I had in the fridge. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? <laughs> long, long work day. My podcast buddy's leaving me. I'm like, you know, I got to celebrate while I can. Hey, it's, it was there in the fridge, but they're right. What are the, what's the old saying? Sometimes the best ability is availability. And it was right there. It was made itself accessible for you. There you go. Well, folks, that'll do it for us here tonight. Wrapping up episode 102 of the Mac bandwagon. Uh, appreciate you all stopping by as always. It's been fun this whole time. Uh, like I said, I'll be back on uh, periodically here. I'm sure I'll still be around hustle belt, uh, writing articles and stuff like that and contributing, uh, contributing in other ways. Thank you all again for stopping by this week. As always, I am Zach Follador. He is Zach Van Uenzi. This has been episode 102 of the Mac bandwagon podcast. <laughs>